You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, it's time for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. You know, for those of you counting, it's actually been only like two weeks and a few days since the 2019 Formula 1 season ended. And yes, we know that there's a lot of us, actually a ton of us, who are probably out there feeling withdrawal symptoms. But worry not, we are actually all in this together, guys. Yeah, I think the silver lining is those memes doing the rounds. Kunal, they are hilarious. You know, day 12 without Formula 1. I saw a Mercedes AMG car and remembered Bern Maylander, our beloved safety car driver. I'll tell you my favorite, though. <laughs> Uh, I saw a road car accident and I told the police that it was Marcus Erickson's fault. <laughs> that by far has to be the funniest <laughs> meme that I've seen. I really wonder at times, you know, when I read about Marcus Erickson and his memes and, you know, all, this, all the fun that we have around him, if he is the new UGE day of this era of Formula One. Yeah, anyway, guys, if you want to see more of these memes and more fun stuff from the world of Formula One, just head over to our Facebook page, the Inside Line Formula One podcast, and we're there. Yes, so on to business. This is our 48th episode of the season. We're going to have two more to cap the year off at 50 episodes. And guys, this episode is very, very, very fun because we're going to talk about some key exciting storylines for Netflix to use in the season two of the Drive to Survive show. In fact, guys, we're going to suggest episode names and we're going to have a lot of fun, actually. So stay tuned for that. Yes, and we're calling it the survival of the funniest because that's what, you know, season one actually stood out for. Like, you know, Gunther Steiner, for example, he was a star entertainer and, you know, the show went a long way in making the sport more entertaining, interesting, and it created just a lot of curiosity. And, uh, you know, season two is going to be based about the 2019 Formula One season, and I think Gunther Steiner's got competition. We've had several entertainers in the paddock this season. Yeah, we're going to be talking all about that for the next 25 odd minutes, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, guys, our 49th episode, the next episode we record, we're going to have some bites and some conversation with the reigning Formula E champion, Jean-Eric Wern. And our 50th episode of the season will be the Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. We're literally leaving our best for the last. So remember Yay. to subscribe to us and you know you'll get notifications each time there is a new episode yeah and guys some really exciting news so we've actually crossed half a million listens for 2018 and 2019 we've been featured on itunes on castbox on podbeam and basically as we bring 2019 to a close here's thanking all of you our listeners guys we couldn't have done this without you and there's also thanking all our distribution and commercial partners as well because we work very closely with them to make sure that our podcast is available on every possible platform on the internet. Above all else, here's thanking Lucien for his continued participation and contribution to the Inside Line F1 podcast. 
As you guys know, the opening and closing tunes are produced by Lucian himself. He's a musician based in South Australia. And he also brings to us the moments in time section for every pre-race episode. Yeah, and just so you guys know, Lucien is already finalizing the opening and closing tune for 2020. And it's going to be live in the new year. So stay tuned for that. Right. So Netflix's Formula One show, Drive to Survive, that's always a hot topic of discussion amongst all of us. In fact, when, you know, Mithila and I watch a race... Or, or something funny that happens, we're like the first ones to jump up and say, hey, Netflix, this is what should be on the show. <laughs> so we thought, why don't we summarize 2019 with storylines that we'd love to see in the show next year, just before, um, you know, the 2020 Formula 1 season. Yeah, and guys, this is really exciting because Ferrari CEO, uh, Louis Camilleri, has finally acknowledged that the Netflix F1 show is a wise step forward for marketing Formula 1 to new audiences. And, you know, that's the best part of season 2 for me already. All the 10 teams are going to feature in the show. Uh, but let's get started with our storylines and just so that we don't miss out on any team or driver, hint McLaren, you know, <laughs> we're going to follow the Constructors' Championship standing. So Mercedes, they're the ones, they won the Constructors' Championship, so they get the honor of being called out first on this episode. But what would you name the Mercedes special episode? Yeah, so the Mercedes episode should be called Valtteri Badass. Uh, and that's because everything about Mercedes was standard, you know, similar to last season and the season before, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was the best car, the best driver, a usual championship winning season for the team. But Gunal, it was Valtteri Bottas who surprised each and every one of us. He actually surprised all of us in and out of the racing car. You know, the porridge jokes, his radio messages. He started the season with to whomever it may concern and then he ended it with the same radio message as well. And my favorite was, you know, when he went onto the radio, radio to say, James, it's Valtteri. So Valtteri Bottas was the perfect entertainer in the Mercedes camp. Yeah, and jokes aside, I think it was his absolutely badass approach that got him a contract extension. I just hope that Toro Wolf is able to explain why Mercedes decided to extend Bottas and let go of Ocon for the next two years. Absolutely. And I'd love to also see some technical content from Mercedes because... You know, if we go back to the preseason tests, Mercedes used a two-spec approach to 2019. And, you know, Formula One's always going to be a technical sport, so it would be great for them to bring out those elements of uh, the season as well. Yeah, and although uh, Mercedes had a record-breaking season, I think it's tough to pick out a, a highlight or, you know, a talking point other than the German Grand Prix. And thankfully for all of us, that was the race recorded... Uh, chosen to be recorded at, as Mercedes's episode. So let's see what we actually get from there. And finally, Netflix should actually do one summary episode. And this should be about Lewis Hamilton and his tires during a race. So, you know, the episode should start with all of Lewis's annoying my tires are dead radio messages. And then, you know, sort of showing the actual state of his tires at the end of their stint or at the end of the race. That would be a real cracker. I'd tune into that. <laughs> okay, anyway, up next is Ferrari and they've got an opposite problem to Mercedes, you know, the problem of plenty because there's just so much to talk about. I wonder if Ferrari will actually have more episodes than the others to make up for last year. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably pay to have more episodes because that's what, you know, their Formula 1 operations are all about. All about. <laughs> they want more than everyone else. But, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking if Ferrari's episode should be called Fast and Furious. Right? Because Charles Leclerc was fast. Their engine was fast. 
But everyone else was furious with Sebastian Vettel because of his spins, his crashes. And by now, I'm sure every Formula One fan knows how it has been for him in 2019 as well. Yeah, I think, in fact, Netflix should have a special Sebastian Vettel spin-off series. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But frankly, I'd love to hear Mattia Binotto's views on how the entire balance of power shifted between the two Ferrari drivers through the season. Kunal, it was a true David versus Goliath story that unfolded over 21 races. Yes, and again, some technical pointers. Ferrari's honest admission on why 2019 was yet another failure for them, because that's the one thing we all want to know. Because, you know, it was after the season ended when Mattia Binotto said that they still don't know why and where their pace from the pre-season tests disappeared. And, you know... That is the God-honest truth that we would want them to share and, you know, get some more technical information, uh, you know, when their episode comes. I also know that Sebastian Vettel may never agree to do this, but I'd love a deeper insight into his problems and just what he's been struggling with since 2017. Because I think, what, Singapore that year? Just an inside look into what he's going through. Yes, and another thing that Ferrari should, uh, you know, have Netflix or Netflix should sort of focus on when it comes to the Ferrari episode is, you know, how there were team orders deployed yet again in Ferrari. But this was one of those rare seasons for the team where neither of the drivers were obeying (laughs) team orders. It was a complete breakdown. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a civil or a radio or a team order disobedience (laughs) in the Ferrari camp. But uh, up next is Red Bull Racing. And I think their uh, episode should be called Musical Jazz. Just for the many number of times they've switched drivers for the second seat in their team. Yeah, wait, I also have one. I was going to suggest naming their episode Red Bully Racing because (laughs) it feels like Helmut Marko is constantly bullying all the other drivers in the camp, you know, apart from Max Verstappen, of course. He loves Max Verstappen. Publicly, at least not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, or publicly, at least, yes. But, uh, you know, the, the Red Bull Racing Honda story is actually the one story that Formula One should promote because it is the kind of story that teams actually participate in Formula One for, like defying against all odds and still going and having pole positions and podiums and wins and sort of finishing ahead of the two Ferrari drivers in the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, I mean, it is the stuff that dreams are made of. And Kunal, it's ironic because that's also Honda's tagline, you know, the power of dreams. Ex- so. ex- exactly. Because <laughs> Perfect marketing uh, synergy there. And, and there's also so much more because Red Bull have gone and sort of, you know, had these allegations against Ferrari for cheating. And and that would be something that, you know, I would love to hear Christian Horner talk Explosive about. Explosive content. Anyway, but speaking of Christian Horner, I'm wondering what storyline they're going to have with him now. Because, you know, in season one, they had this really interesting banter of uh, Christian Horner against Renault. Um, I'm wondering what they could come up with for season two. You know, I wonder if Christian Horner is going to use the Netflix platform to further appeal to Max Verstappen to stay with Red Bull Racing from 2020 as well. Because, you know, if you read his, you know, uh, post-Spa, post-Italy... Uh, comments and pretty much every interview of his he's either directly or indirectly pleaded 
Max Verstappen to sort of stay with the team and you know build his career with uh, Red Bull and Honda. Yeah, or you know, uh, Christian Horner has this very specific attitude where he's so honest and candid, and he just says things as it is, right? So Kunal, I think he would be the perfect guy to host like a a, a roast session of every single driver on the grid, except why, for Max. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in fact, that's like literally the attitude of the team, right? <laughs> so you have Helmut Marco, Christian Horner, and even Max Verstappen to an extent. They're always roasting someone or something all the goddamn time. Red Bull roasting. I kind of like the sound <laughs> of that. <laughs> well, no Red Bull racing episode would be complete without talking of their continued struggles to find a suitable teammate for Max Verstappen. And I really wonder if, you know, Netflix has Helmut Marko featured as Red Bull Racing's second driver instead of, you know, Alexander Albon, Danny Kivat or Pierre Gasly. Because given just how many number of times there has been a change or a threat of a change for the second seat, you know, maybe just having Marko as the face of the Red Bull Racing second driver just makes so much sense from a content point of view. Yeah, at least it's continuity. <laughs> and if we get Helmut Marko, I just love his honest assessment on the target of five wins because he actually called it before anyone else. Yes, and you know, I, I love his ruthless approach and uh, he wasn't there in season one. Hopefully, he finds they find a reason to have him in season two. But moving on is... McLaren and this is again the one team that actually deserves a full season to their name rather than just an episode. I I think it's brilliant and here's actually a personal story. So I grew up watching and cheering for Michael Schumacher in the Ferrari and this meant that I was against McLaren and Mika Hakkinen back in the 90s. Uh, But in 2019 if there was one team I probably have cheered the loudest for it's been McLaren and I get this feeling that you know, maybe all of you have also cheered loudest for McLaren this season, despite having, you know, loyalties elsewhere. But uh, what do we? What do you think we should call the McLaren episode? Because I have a very Ron Dennis type suggestion, and it should be called something like the McLaren Resurgence. Oh my God! I had a feeling you were going to suggest something as terrible and as boring, but no, because I don't think Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris would ever approve of that name. Uh, in fact, I have an uh, episode name that's been specially approved by them. <laughs> it is called McLaren, the meme team. You know, it actually sounds like the meme team and the mean team. So sort of both of them actually work. <laughs> they, they, were, they were pretty much a mean machine in 2019. So <laughs> kudos. And uh, Kural, uh, did you watch the latest video from Formula One? You know, the 2019 uh, F1 se- uh, season in memes. And it seemed like over 50% of the video was featuring McLaren and its drivers. It was insane. Yeah, it was like, you know, Formula One was compensating McLaren for all the time that was lost on the live feed. (laughs) So they said, here's a 2019 video where it's like more than 50% of McLaren. And I actually loved that video, by the way. (laughs) Classic overcompensation. But exactly, before anything else, I think Netflix should just have an episode featuring all the racing moves of the McLaren drivers that we missed on the live feed because they were pretty awesome. Yes, and you know, McLaren actually had a very unique problem in 2019. So they weren't as fast as the top three, but they were definitely faster than the midfield. And that led to problems for the TV director. So it's, it's like McLaren were racing in the exact gap that the TV director required to switch from the race winner to the midfielder. So, a classic problem. Yeah, and it happened so many times over that McLaren had to meet with Formula One's broadcast team to sort out the problem. 
And I think the larger point about McLaren's season is that the joke was no longer on them. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, we've been guilty. We've been making McLaren jokes far too often for far too many seasons. All of us. Yeah, all of us. And in fact, it feels like this season, they're the ones who've been making the jokes and they've been laughing all the way into the points and Kunal onto the podium because Carlos Sainz scored more points than all the other midfield teams put together. And the strange thing is, Carlos Sainz actually wants to be a YouTuber as well. And uh, Lando Norris, as we all know, is just naturally funny. So if I were Netflix, I would totally just get the two drivers to host all the McLaren episodes. Because we anyway don't have tuned from McLaren right now. So why not just use their bromance to sort of drive that much more fun on the show? And uh, when we finally get these guys onto our podcast, I think we'll happily just give up our host mics and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> leave the building. Because I think McLaren have the funniest driver lineup hands down in the sport. You know, the last point on McLaren before we move on, uh, it's going to be about Netflix building Carlos Sainz's profile as a Spanish sporting hero because there is a void that has been created by Fernando Alonso's departure. And let's remember, Spain is an important market. There are already troubles about retaining the Spanish Grand Prix, but the rise of Carlos Sainz Jr. is a damn good catalyst for all of Spain and for Formula One. Yeah, great. Now, on to Renault. And Kunal, as I uh, kind of think about this, I know you very smartly put this team onto my notes. Yeah, every time we had a Renault media briefing that didn't include, uh, you know, Nico Hulkenberg, I'd be like, Mithila, can you please go and, (laughs) you know, attend it? But uh, honestly, with Hulkenberg no longer with the team, my reasons to cheer for Renault are fairly minimal. Yes, I have friends and I have former colleagues uh, from Racing Point or Force India working there. Hello, Lucy, if you're listening. But that's pretty much about it, you know, for my loyalties with Renault. It feels like the summary of Renault's performances since their return to Formula 1. It's been all talk, no pace. Because they had like a two-man super show in the team. We had like a superhero and a super food. We had Daniel Avocado. (laughs) (laughs) He was also the super fool. Super fool, yeah. yeah. But I think all talk and no pace is a good name for their episode because all talk and no show sort of doesn't make the cut for me. But, you know, on to Daniel Ricciardo. He is hilarious. Uh, I love him on the camera. He's like the perfect clown of the paddock. But I don't think... I was alone in noticing that, you know, his antics in front of the camera went up just when Renault's performances went down. That's the feeling I I got. And because every time, you know, you see Daniel Ricciardo in front of the camera, I wonder like, oh my God, is he under pressure yet again to be funny? You know, he needs all the attention he deserves because he needs to be on top of mind, which, you know, the Renault car isn't allowing him to do so. Yeah, and I I really just hope that the Renault episode isn't this long, exhaustive collective list of excuses on why things didn't work. Because by 2019-20, they were targeting podiums and race wins, and they're way off target. And it would be even worse, Kunal, if all their excuses started and ended with Nico Hulkenberg. Because it just feels like it would be too easy for them to blame everything on him and making the fall guy for all of this. You know, and I really wonder if the bigger fool in the team is Cyril Apitebol, because... Pardon my honesty, but I guess a lot of you probably feel this way as well. Because he's made some outrageous statements against Formula 1, against the top three teams, and, you know, about how the Renault engine matches against Ferraris and it's the best of the lot and so on. But it would be great if Netflix is able to get Renault to actually show some data on their engine performances. 
Great. So the next team we're going to talk about, Toro Rosso. And it's always like this team has some sort of unique spirit that we all seem to love. And uh, we know they're never going to be Red Bull Racing. But we also know that many of their drivers are the future of Red Bull Racing. Like how Ricardo, Vettel and Verstappen and so many others have worked their way up the ranks. And for a lot of Red Bull Racing drivers, um, it feels like Toro Rosso is the future, you know, after they get demoted. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually absolutely true. And, you know... In my view, I love Toro Rosso because of what they stand for. They, you know, like you just pointed out, they're never going to be Red Bull Racing. They aren't aiming to be one, but they're sort of aiming to be this one massive driver performance uh, assessment, uh, you know, tool for Red Bull Racing. And to me, the big story about 2019 for Toro Rosso would be that they're actually now the only midfield team to have scored a podium with each of their drivers in the hybrid turbo era. But the key question to you, Mithila, is what do you want to call uh, the Toro Rosso episode on Netflix? Because I have a suggestion and it's a little, uh, it's it's not as polished as I Go would for like it. for it. But <laughs> I think Toro Rosso should be called Max Verstappen's Tinder. You know, given just how Toro Rosso's main task is to find a match for Max Verstappen in Red Bull Racing. I like that, Kunal. Well yeah, done. You're just being Thank kind. Thank you for but... not going down the Ron Dennis kind of suggestion <laughs> route. Anyway, you know how teams have engineers who are usually highly celebrated? I think in Toro Rosso, it must be their sports psychologist or just whoever takes care of drivers after they return to the team, after they've been, you know, humiliatingly demoted from Red Bull Racing. That guy's doing a bloody good job. Yes, so, but before we move on to Racing Point, here's one last question for all our listeners on the Red Bull Racing, Toro Rosso, or Alpha Tauri uh, issue. You know, just how many drivers, how many races, sorry, will Alexander Albon get in 2020 to prove his potential to Red Bull Racing? Will it be a full season? Or will it be a half a season? I would personally love to see Danny Kivat go back to Red Bull Racing, you know. Um, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Racing Point. Kunal, I'm going to stick my neck out and say their episode should be called Rich Dad, Slow Kid. That's perfect. Yeah. Right. Wow. I knew it. Uh, wow. <laughs> if, 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 if Netflix were to actually ask us for the one episode of ours that they could use, I would say use this. Rich Dad, Slow kid. Sorry, Lance, but... That's the truth. Yeah. And honestly, given how much uh, Lawrence Stroll has tried and, you know, invested to keep Lance in Formula One, uh, it's I think it's a perfect title. Uh, the latest rumours are his alleged interest in purchasing a controlling stake in Aston Martin and uh, the chances of making Racing Point a works team. You know, I've been watching Dirty Money on Netflix. It's an investigative journalism show and it's pretty brilliant. And I believe that the Strolls could offer a similar storyline for Formula One. You know, the importance of money, the importance of connections, the importance of a network to get a seat in Formula One and then what it actually takes to retain a seat, even if you are eliminated in Q1 in almost every race of the season. So, rich dad, slow kid. Couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> Great. And up next, we have Aston Martin Racing. Uh, guys, they finished 8th in the Constructors' Championship and they have Kimi Raikkonen racing for them. I was just waiting to see how long before you bring in the Kimi Raikkonen Connect. 
But I wonder if that's actually all that there is to Alfa Romeo in 2019, Kimi Raikkonen, because he actually had a good run in the first half of the season, but in the second half of the season, I think they just forgot that, hey, we need to, at some point, stop having fun and start scoring some points (laughs) because there were a lot of races, even after the summer break. So what do you want to call their episode? I think you would just agree if I say we call it the Kimi Raikkonen show. Because <laughs> it's as simple, as plain, as fun, as blunt as Kimi Raikkonen always is. I mean, he is the best part of their team, right? Yeah, and, and you know, each time there's a funny episode, they should use that Instagram story video of theirs from, I think it was a Christmas uh, party where Kimi you know, uses a sledgehammer and he scores a perfect 100 points <laughs> and you hear that you know ting every time it hit the 100 I think that was phenomenal yeah yeah and maybe they should also explain on the show why they continued with Giovinazzi and didn't try and sign on uh, Nico Hulkenberg instead yes because whenever we attend Frederick Vassiewer's media session next I would love to ask him of his driver lineup for 2021 because at the moment it seems like it could be Mick Schumacher and an Antonio Giovinazzi lining up for Alfa Romeo. It seems a bit too weird or rather sounds a bit too weird and definitely seems an inexperienced lineup. Speaking of which, I think Mick Schumacher is going to make an appearance in Netflix season two. Uh, He's going to show up in Ferrari colors and he's going to talk up the possibility of racing for Alfa Romeo in 2021 or whatever, you know, hype. Yes, finally, the most awaited team and the team principal on the Netflix show. The Haas Formula 1 team and Gunther Steiner. And honestly, without a doubt, both of them were stars of season 1. But I think they've missed out on starry performances on track in 2019 to, you know, claim being stars of season 2 as well. Yeah, unless they uh, compensate by just doing a phenomenal job on the Netflix show. But anyway, I think Haas's show has to be called Gunther Steiner. You know, the Gunther Steiner, nothing else. I agree. Yeah, and I'm sure that we're going to have Steiner talking about uh, Romain Grosjean's repeated struggles, uh, the car's troubles with the Pirelli tyres, and also the decision on choosing uh, Romain Grosjean over Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, two teams that have to sort of explain to us, just because of me, why they chose or why they didn't choose Nico Hulkenberg. Guys, Kunal needs answers. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know what? I'm sure that the viewers will still cheer each time Gunther Steiner swears on the show. Because it's just so much funnier (laughs) when when he does it, you know. And uh, Haas's 2018 and 2019 were pretty much the same in terms of on-track performances. So Netflix could actually get away with reusing or recycling some content from season one. And most fans wouldn't even know the difference. I I assure you guys. I'm sure that would be helpful, especially if the Netflix producers have a cost cap for their show, you know. (laughs) F1 style cost cap, since that's now a fashionable word to use. And guys, last but not the least, we're going to talk about Williams. Uh, They scored a point courtesy Robert Kubica. And uh, they also had forced retirements (laughs) courtesy Robert Kubica. And they had a really slow car courtesy Robert Kubica. (laughs) I think I know where this is going. And I really thought that the slow car was courtesy Paddy Lowe. But uh, whatever. I think I just need an episode name first. Because this probably is the toughest (laughs) to actually go out and find a name for. Kunal, I think Williams' episode, they're going to be called Drive to Survive. You know, that's the name. That's literally what they're doing. They're driving to survive in the literal sense of the word, in the sport. And, you know, just keep their legacy intact. It's, really. it's incredible. You have actually left your best for the last. Thank and, you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. But, Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, if you I guys were going to say something else. Yeah, I was going to say that now it becomes really tough for us to choose if Netflix were to say, "Guys, give me one show." Would it be uh you know rich dad poor kid or would it be just drive to I think they just for... need to have all of ours they won't be able to choose themselves so why bother Yes Maya if you're listening please feel free to reach out to us we'll be happy to have you use all the names all the shows all the recommendations and if you guys have any recommendations feel free to reach out to us via via our Facebook page we will read them out in the next episode and we shouldn't end this episode without figuring out what formula 1 you know the sport the business chase carry himself will want to talk about on drive to survive season 2 by the way there's a picture doing around on the internet saying that season 2 is going to be called to drive to survive i know it sounds funny yeah yeah the the meme lords are at it as <laughs> usual <laughs> but back to your question formula 1 will use season 2 to you know sort of talk up their 2021 plans how the new rules are going to encourage better racing how the financial regulations will make better businesses of formula 1 teams and so on and i just hope that in all of this 2020 doesn't feel like an ignored uh, adopted child of formula 1 because everyone's just talking about 2021 This is very evil, but I'm imagining Bernie Ecclestone interviewing Chase Carey. You know, <laughs> or I can imagine him, uh, uh, you know, giving his whole unique perspective of the sport, and you know, the the dark humor or sarcasm with which he would often state the obvious. I think that would be a very nice touch to the show. That would be brilliant. I I love Bernie's perspectives. You know, when he turned around and said that Formula One's viewers are like 80 years old and own a Rolex and. You just get the ruthless truth and nothing else when it's Bernie. But could I now? You just need a Rolex. Yeah, before I turn. Because like... you're obviously eighty years old. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, you know this episode reminds me of those epic races where there's great action, but the checkered flag drops and it's waved because you've run the two hours time limit on the clock. Oh, on that note, guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for laughing with us. We really enjoyed recording this episode, and uh, yeah, I hope uh, y'all had a really good laugh. Yes, and the next episode, thankfully, is less than a week away. So remember to tune back in in a few days' time. Adios. Adios. Don't miss us too much.